Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Well, hey there, friend. You know, being this is the first episode back from our anniversary celebration, it'd probably be a perfect time to start season three. Unfortunately, Jeff and I are kind of boneheads, and it didn't occur to either one of us last time we spoke. Let's do 24 like the boss wants, and then we'll go ahead and switch it up. Yeah, it's true, Chester. I'm thinking of changing your ass into a goat or something. How's that grab you? Oh, hell, I couldn't do it. He's got too many fans. Come on in, friend. We've got work to do. Hmm. Alright, so it's a week into autumn and a bone-chilling 91 degrees here in Texas. Everywhere you look, the fleet inspectors of All Hallows' Eve are readying for their return to the mortal realm. Spirit Halloween's materializing in old vacant department stores like undead harbingers of capitalism. <sighs> Spooky, right? So smoke them if you've got them and drink those glasses to the bottom, y'all. Cause old Drew Blood has a tale to tell. But first the rigmarole. Hey, you're listening to the standard edition of this program. To get instant access to ad-free versions of all our episodes and hundreds of tales from our audio archives dating back to 2012, visit simplyscarypodcast.com and click Patrons in the upper menu. Sign up today. It's a great way to show your support and you'll get a whole lot for it. And authors... Send your scary stories to DrewBloodHorror at gmail.com. If you're selected, you'll get that full treatment. Shit. Tonight we're joined by Kyle Harrison, creepypasta aficionado, and winner of Texas's scariest school bus driver competition. No small feat. So without further delay, I give you just a couple of good old boys. Brett, stop the truck. I see someone on the side of the road. It was a rainy night, and we had gone into town to fetch groceries. Living in the boonies meant that trips like this were few and far between. But Paul needed some medicine for his gout, and, well, to be straight with you, my little brother Travis had been getting a little stir-crazy, so we scheduled the long drive a week ahead of time. The drive itself into town was as normal as can be. Travis was busy on his phone chatting with girls and I was listening to the radio. It felt good to have the wind whip through our hair 
and relax away from the worries at home. We've been living with Paul ever since Mom died a few years back, out about 40 minutes from normal civilization. And as a result, I guess you could say that we've become a bit standoffish towards city folk. Maybe that's because they've never really helped us any, and Paul has always taught us to take care of ourselves. But that's been so hard, living out here in the sticks, barely scraping by. Travis has a job at the local gas station, and I work at the repair shop across the way. But neither of us finished high school. We couldn't when our parents were hardly hanging on. Our life has always been centered around them. So I guess you could say when we see someone from the other side of the tracks, there's a bit of jealousy, a bit of resentment. A lot of them have everything we have never had and more. And this particular night on the side of the road, all those thoughts spun through my head as I saw the pretty young woman with the flat tire. Her car was a bright crimson Mercedes, probably worth more than we could make in five years. And the dress and heels she wore told me that not only was she from an affluent family, she likely wasn't even from around these parts. Her expression showed one of concern and fluster. Stuff like this did not happen to her, I realized. She was accustomed to being catered to, or having a way to call for help at a moment's notice. The world was always at her fingertips, but out here... Only a vacuum was answering her calls. Travis hopped out of the pickup and offered his coat, apologizing at least a dozen times as if the circumstances were our fault. Her eyes were soft and kind, but behind them I saw something else. She was silently judging us. I instinctively looked down at my clothes. We had gone into town for errands right after work, so I hadn't had a chance to change out of my oily overalls. Honestly, I don't normally care what people think when they see me. I'm a hard-working man, trying to make a living. But when this woman stared into my very soul, well, I felt cut to the core. She thought we were beneath her, unworthy of even offering aid to her. I don't need any help. Not from you, anyway. She told Travis. Well, you heard the young lady. We can't keep Paul waiting. I called out to him immediately determining this girl wasn't worth our time. He shot me a dirty look. He's always falling hard and fast for pretty faces, and this girl definitely was a sight for sore eyes. Brett, we can take her up to the ranch and let her use our phone. Ain't no cell service here, he explained. I really don't need to be bothered. I have plenty of friends who will surely notice I'm not where I need to be, she told us. She made sure to make it clear that it was her rich and posh lifestyle that was keeping her safe. But she didn't sound especially certain. Was she uh, afraid of us? How long you been out here? Maybe an hour. She admitted. Travis didn't like that one bit as he pointed to the dipping sun. These woods have predators and you shouldn't just wait in your car. I bet a tow won't even come this far out. If they can even find you. He told her. She was shuffling her feet, clearly having run out of excuses, and reluctantly grabbed her bags before coming to the pickup. Guess riding the back, I said with a smirk. Travis glared at me and offered his seat, taking the back of the truck as we started down the road again. 
You sure you aren't going to just tie me up and rape me or something? She said as we picked up speed. I actually laughed at that. Something told me that her small talk was a way of trying to make herself feel comfortable in this very awkward situation. Can I ask you something? I asked, turning and crossing over one of the older bridges. There was construction going on, so we slowed to wait our turn. She nodded and I rolled down my window to spit before commenting. What's someone like you doing all the way out here anyway? She looked toward the forest, embarrassed, or too uncomfortable to talk. Oh, it's a long story, she admitted. Well, we have time, miss. I paused, indicating that I wanted to know her name. Alicia. Alicia Tysander. That's quite a vehicle you were driving back there, Miss Tysander. I didn't see any plates on it, though. Brand new? It belongs to my fiancé, she responded. The construction crew were flagging me to come through, and I started up the pickup again as I smirked and said, Oh, that's too bad. I could tell that my brother kind of had a thing for you already. Oh, well. He's had his heart broken before. She softly smiled and responded. If it makes him feel any better, we aren't together anymore. That's why I took his car and left. Did he hit you? I asked, surprised that I actually cared about her story a little. If it was one thing I hated, it was when a man hurt a woman. No, nothing like that. It's complicated, but I simply knew we weren't going to work out. So I took what I could and left. Sounds like you were a gold digger then, I told her. She gave me a cold stare. How much further to your ranch? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. It was twilight when we arrived and Travis led the young woman toward our porch as he announced our arrival to Paul. Not that we expected him up at this hour, but he did have a rule about bringing strangers into the house. Wait out here and I'll go get the phone, Travis told her. She walked over to the porch swing and looked toward our land. This place is not what I expected at all, she admitted. Once again, her words rubbed me the wrong way and I snorted as I leaned against the porch steps. And what does that mean? There's no need to get defensive. Alicia snapped back, but I wasn't going to back down. I could tell that this lady didn't really think much of us. I bet a city girl like you probably wouldn't survive out here for more than a few hours, I said with a chuckle. You'd be surprised, 
Remember what I said about my fiancé? I take what I want when I want. She boldly declared, So then you're ruthless. I just know that I don't like when people push me around. I'm used to getting my way. She said with a smile. It was meant to be flirtatious, but I found it disgusting. Sounds like your fiancé is lucky you left. How dare you speak to me like that? Don't act all high and mighty. We could have left you on the side of the road, I pointed out. I don't need your help. This little farm you have here you love so much, it's utterly insignificant to me. What you are doing here doesn't matter. I just want to get on with living my own life and get out of this trashy dump, she said. Her eyes were filled with venom. I sneered as Travis returned and passed her the phone. He also had a silver coffee mug that was our mother's filled to the brim, but she acted like it was poison. I'd rather drink sewage, she muttered. He could tell that there was tension, but wisely kept his mouth shut as we gave her privacy. I poured the coffee out on the steps near the woman just to spite her. Inside, I was seething. Who does she think she is, entitled little bitch? I muttered. Just because she's a little different than us? Travis asked. She's acting like we should be thankful to have even met her. And you didn't hear her. She was literally demeaning us like we were savages. Paul rolled up in his wheelchair and looked out the window at the pretty young woman, whistling softly. She heard him, acted like she was vomiting and walked away toward the pasture. Do you see what I mean? I muttered angrily. Yeah, a woman like that would be hard to tame. Probably born with a silver spoon in the mouth, Paul declared. His words made gears turn in my head. You're probably right. She's for money, I realized. I pointed toward the window and said, I bet she'd be worth something if, say, something happened to her. Travis immediately frowned. Brett, you're talking nonsense. We ain't gonna hurt her. Who said anything about hurting her? I said that there's probably someone out there that wants to find her. Like her fiancé, she swindled. I bet he wants his car back. Wait, she stole it? Travis seemed surprised. He was clearly still smitten. Yep, and she threatened our home too, Pa, I said. It was a bit of a stretch of the truth, but I was convinced that forcing Alicia to stay would land us a big payday. And I knew exactly how we could do it, too. We have the right to protect you. Enough of this talk, you two. <laughs> Paul said with a cough as he willed to get his medicine. Travis, can you help me with a bath? <laughs> I'm ready for bed, he mumbled. As they left, my thoughts turned to the woman outside. She had just gotten off the phone and was pacing back and forth, clearly in a hurry to get out of here. I walked out and said in a most sincere voice, I want to apologize for the way I treated you earlier. It wasn't right to say those things. She huffed and remarked, I bet your pa gave you a good tongue lashing. At least someone around here has manners. I could make it up to you by showing you around the farm while you wait, I suggested. No thanks. I'm already starting to smell like manure. And whatever is on your overalls isn't helping. Alicia retorted. 
I clenched my fist but didn't play her game. I insist. Besides, there's too many mosquitoes around here, I said as I swatted one away from her face. She sighed and gestured for me to lead the way. I glanced back at the house to see that the lights were still on and then remarked, Let me show you the horse stables first. For the next 15 minutes, I wasted time yammering about the life I led. Alicia wasn't even pretending to be interested. I could tell she was doing this just to humor me and make time go by faster. As we approached our old well, I casually asked, So, is the tow truck on the way? They said about an hour. Are we almost done with this tour? She said with a sigh. Well, there's one more thing I want to show you. I let her step in front of me and then swiftly took action. Pushing her into the large bucket and letting the well rope yank her into the dark void. As she screamed and I heard her splash water, I couldn't help but to laugh. (laughs) What is the meaning of this? Is this your idea of a prank? I took out my bowie knife and cut the rope before responding. It's my idea of keeping your pretty little mouth shut until I decide what to do with you. She coughed as she stood up and tried to desperately scrape the walls to climb, but it didn't work. Brett, you are making a mistake, she warned. Oh, now we're on a first-name basis. Shut up. I don't need to hear any of your whining. Brett, you need to let me up now. This is your last chance. Alicia said darkly. I found it odd that she thought she was threatening me. So I just walked away and toward the house, her voice soon just a distant mumble. Inside, Travis had just finished putting Dad to sleep and he asked, Did the tow truck already come? Yep, she's long gone, brother. No worries, though. She was just a headache. Before he made a reply, the lights in the living room flickered gently and I looked outside to see if a storm was rolling in. For some reason, the air was unusually still. All right, I guess I'm going to get some sleep, Travis decided. Then the power went out altogether. Well, shit, it's going to be a scorcher tonight. You get to bed. I'll check the box in the basement, I told him as I looked towards the well. Alicia's warning was still fresh in my mind. Was she responsible for this? I wondered as I grabbed a flashlight from the supply cabinet. But that was impossible, I thought, as I unlatched the cellar and climbed down into the dank, dark room. In the cellar, I fumbled around in the dark for the breaker, and as I did, I heard a strange, hushed noise from behind me, like wind picking up right beyond the cellar door. I turned to get a good look and make sure that Alicia hadn't somehow actually gotten out of the well when the door slammed shut. Hurriedly, I tried to pry it open, and I shouted for Travis, but I doubted he would hear me in the house above. What was going on? I turned and scanned the dusty cellar, suddenly wondering if I was even alone. Who's there? I swear I'll beat your face in, I warned, but there was no response. Slowly, I crept toward the breaker, listening for any sign of disturbance in the room around me. Something was there. I could feel it. I looked down at some of the flickering shadows on the ground for a moment, trying to determine what might be wrong with my flashlight. 
It wasn't dismissing the dark like it should. Or the shadows refused to obey the laws of physics for some strange reason. I tried to break her a few times, but it didn't work and focused on trying to get Travis's attention by grabbing a long broom and smacking the floor above. Meanwhile, I was certain the shadows were moving. I heard the strange hissing as I flickered the light toward them and realized that it sounded like a whisper. Then, to my utter disbelief, one of the shadows began to form into the shape of a tall man. Holy fucking shit! I shouted as I screamed for Travis. The moving shadow lunged toward me, smashing me against our old wine, and I frantically tried to escape. But the cellar was just a maze. The only way out was the latch door unless Travis opened the kitchen stairs. I tried my best to make my way to the stairs as I heard the noises of the strange ethereal creatures grow closer. Sometimes it sounded like they were cackling madly. It sounded distinctively similar to the way Alicia had mirthlessly laughed when she threatened our farm. I didn't have time to make a connection as I felt one of the strange beings grab a hold of my foot and pull me down. It was standing over me and choking me without even having a form. Shadows were infecting my very blood. I was sure I was about to die. Then, above me, the stairwell opened and light shone through. Travis was there with a large lantern that we use sometimes to go fishing. He was looking at me like I had lost my damn mind. I looked around the cellar trying to figure out what had just happened and stood up, brushing off the debris from the wine. Brett, what's gotten into you? He stammered. He looked scared like he had just seen something otherworldly too. No time to beat around the bush, I asked. What happened? What is it? It's Paul. Something's gotten in him. He ain't acting right. I pushed past him up the stairs. I paused at the sink, staring toward the well and realizing that I could hear something coming from it. Singing? I wasn't sure. I went to my father's bedroom and immediately felt sick. There were gross oozing out of his pores. This reminded me of shrooms that were sprouting from the root, pushing their way out of his orifices. He was struggling to breathe, and I soon saw why. The things were growing in his mouth, too. Help me at the well, I decided hastily. Travis followed without question into the night as the chanting grew louder, and I grabbed the lantern and peered into the watery depths. Alicia was still standing there covered in the muddy well water, glaring up at me defiantly. Had enough yet, boy? She snarled. Travis's eyes widened in shock and confusion, and he pushed me back. Jesus Christ, you put her down there? He asked frantically. I wanted to get her money. You know she's loaded, I stammered. We have to help her, Travis said, but I held him back. Something isn't right with her. Look around. She's been acting like she owns this land, and she has powers. What's happening on this ranch isn't normal, I whispered to him. She's doing this to us. Isn't that even more reason to help her? He asked nervously. Not until we figure out what we can bargain with, I told him as I spat into the well directly in her face. Is there some kind of curse? I asked her. Told you already. 
I get what I want whenever I want. I wasn't bragging, she said with a smirk. So then maybe we should just put a bullet between your eyes, I growled. Travis seemed flustered at that, and she noticed, remarking, And if you do that, your father will be dead instantly. Those roots will choke his lungs in only a few moments anyway. If you wanted us dead, we would be dead, I argued. You're so naive. Give me one good reason why I shouldn't kill you, or drown you, or just walk away. You want money, yes? You want to ransom me back to my fiancé? I'll make a deal with you. Help me kill him, and I will give you all the money you want. Plus, something extra. She said, crossing her arms. Kill him? Is he dangerous? Travis asked. He's the one I called here. I can't kill him. It's complicated. But we are bound together by magic. So when I saw you boys, I knew I had an opportunity. I need him gone. You need money. For the moment, our interests are the same. Alicia answered. Because you're in this well, I said, realizing she had intended for her fiancé to come here and do battle with us all along, and then leave. Now we might have a chance of winning. This guy had powers like you? I asked. More so. He's been a warlock for eight years. He can and will kill you. And he will be here soon. You have to catch him by surprise. Fine. We'll do your dirty work. But we need a promise that you keep your end of the deal. A witch's words are always truthful. She answered back cryptically. I gave Travis a shotgun and said, Watch her. I'll handle this son of a bitch. Then I walked back to the house to find the other weapons. I'll admit it. I felt like an idiot forever thinking this plan was going to work. And now, because of that, I was winding up this bitch's gopher, I thought bitterly. I went to the mantel above our old stove and grabbed Paul's sawed-off shotgun, and then kept an eye on the roads. There's only one way in or out of our property, so I figured this crazy boyfriend would have to turn up that way. Once again, though, I underestimated how strong these people were. About five or ten minutes later, as my eyes got droopy from being awake for so long, I heard the crackle of thunder and the ground began to shake. I saw something moving near the edge of the ranch. It looked like a pillar of fire from the Bible. I clenched the gun a little harder as I heard Paul behind me begin to choke and lose his oxygen again. Alicia was feeling anxious, I thought making sure that we kept our end of the bargain by keeping our father under this spell. I pointed the gun toward the pillar of fire and saw a figure step out, his eyes as black as night. Then I fired. I saw the slug ricochet right off his skin and I cursed softly. How the hell was I supposed to defeat this guy anyway? Had Alicia purposefully brought him here for us to die? No, that didn't make sense. She had said she wanted him dead. So what could be unique about this place to kill a warlock? Alicia, I know you are here. I smell your wretched husk, the man screamed. I kept myself low to the ground and tried to think of what had happened since Alicia arrived. 
Then it dawned on me. I recalled how she had resisted drinking out of Paul's coffee mug. Silver. Why was it always silver? I ran across the room, scrambling to find any silver I could use as the man got closer. He was tearing down trees, shouting wildly and killing our cattle. Then it drew deadly silent as he stood near the porch. I don't know what she has offered you, but I recommend you back down now and give her to me. Otherwise, all of you will die tonight. His tone of voice told me he was probably going to kill us anyway. I waited right inside the door with all the silver I could find, struggling to push it into the shotgun and make it like a blunderbuss. I had no idea if this plan would work, and I only had one shot. Have it your way then, he said, slamming the door open. I leapt out and aimed a shotgun at his face. The silver blasted straight into his eyes. The warlock was stammering, confused and flustered as he fell backwards. I got out my rusty knife and slammed it against him as he fell off the porch. His body twitched and convulsed and it seemed like a thousand different spirits left him even as the storm began to subside. For a moment I thought the worst was over. Then I heard a sickening sound like that of a spine being snapped and I turned toward the well. Travis, with his heart of gold, had decided to pull Alicia out of the well. In exchange, as soon as they were eye to eye, she grabbed his genitals and pushed them up through his throat. He was choking on his balls and stumbling into the well as the black-eyed witch gave me a look that told me I was next. She floated over the land and flashed to me ready to strike me dead. Then I grabbed my knife, still dipped in silver and slashed it across her belly. She shrieked and fell back, clearly surprised by my wit. It looks like you aren't a stupid hick after all. We had a deal. I thought you said a witch never lies. Reluctantly, she reverted to her normal form and the night sky fell back to its normal glow as well. She sighed and smiled, gesturing to the house. You're right. It's true. I couldn't have killed you if I wanted to. I just wanted to teach you a lesson. Go inside your house and you will find I have fulfilled our bargain. And forget this night and everything that happened. Otherwise, I might have to break that promise. Are we clear? I kept the knife steady as she picked up her fiancé's head and chucked it as far as she could before she walked off into the woods and disappeared from sight. I went into the house and saw that she was telling the truth. The whole living room was caved in with money. But behind that, I saw that my father was gone. His body was completely consumed by the fungus she had inflicted him with. And now, nothing but a rotten mass remained. I sat down amid the money, feeling like a fool. My family gone, what good was any of this? What good was I? No good at all. Maybe I never was. You've been listening to Just a Couple of Good Old Boys by author Kyle Harrison. A good reminder not to pick up strange girls on the side of the road. 
Now, I know you're still going to do it from time to time, but please, use your best judgment, or at least make sure you're packing a blunderbuss. And remember this as you're slowing down to see if she needs help. In the movies, that scenario leads to one of two things. A terrifying encounter that leads to your death, or a porno. So flip a coin. A little about the author. Kyle Harrison is a prolific horror author with over 600 short stories under his belt including five that were contest winners and runners-up, including the viral sensation The 24-Hour Game. Harrison's work has been published in over 20 anthologies and helped indie publishers to get their books out on the market. In his spare time, when he's not scaring people to death, he works in the transportation department at a Texas school. Thanks, Kyle. And while you're at it, please remember to stop by our Apple Podcast page or wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts and subscribe. The charts are based on subscriptions, not listens, by the way. So feel free to accidentally subscribe as many times as you want. I won't tell anyone, I promise. And if you feel like spreading the word and helping old Drew Blood out and convincing a friend or two to subscribe to my podcast, that would help me out greatly, and I'd really appreciate it. To hear a premium ad-free edition of tonight's and all our other podcast episodes, visit simplyscarypodcast.com today and click the Patrons link in the upper menu. You'll find yourself at chillintellsfordarknights.com, where you can become a patron for as little as $5 a month and get access to our entire audio archive dating back to 2012, including past episodes of this program and all our other shows, and hundreds of standalone releases, all of them ad-free and available to download or stream. If you happen to use Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube, you can follow and subscribe to Chillin' Tales for Dark Nights there, where you'll get all our latest updates and new releases and have the chance to interact with us each and every week. You'll find me personally on Facebook and Instagram, and sometimes Twitter. Sometimes. And remember, we're accepting submissions. If you've got a story or two you'd like to be featured on this show, send it to drewbloodhorror at gmail.com. If selected, you'll get the full treatment. Well... I'm afraid this is where we part ways, friend, at least till next week. So grab a drink for the road, but leave the witches where you find them. I don't need any of my listeners choking on their balls. I'd like to recognize a couple of our friends, Vince Allen and Sherry Townsend, and of course my amigo from work, Roberto. Yes, I still work a full-time job. I'm a pinchy electrician. So without further ado, Sherry Townsend and Vince Allen, and of course Roberto. May the wind be at your back, and may the road rise up to meet you. Embrace your lot in life. Remember, in the end, we all go fuck ourselves. <laughs> Buenos noches, y'all. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. 
fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs, or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.